You're listening to Very Loose Women. Hello and welcome to Very Loose Women on Resonance 104.4 FM. Uh, that was the Talking Heads once in a lifetime, obviously. Um, so I'm Catherine Johnston. I'm Emma. Uh, thanks for listening. On tonight's show, we're looking at the quarter life crisis. Um, and this was precipitated by an email we received from um, a friend of ours who is a journalist based in Beijing. He's called Alec Ash. Um, and it was all about how you calculate happiness and satisfaction in life. He'd been thinking about this a bit. Um, and he came up with his own kind of life scoring system, which we think is pretty comprehensive. And Alec is happily seven out of 10 at the moment. So well done him. Um, and to give you a bit of info on the scale, it looks at different areas of your life. And we kind of see zero as being like total catastrophe, catatonic state. And 10 is, 10 is kind of like, you know, bliss you could only really achieve theoretically. So they're kind of wild um, extremes on the spectrum. So Alex doing pretty well there. Yeah, solid seven. Um, I kind of think we should preface this by talk by saying, you know, so we're talking about quarter life crises, but I've already been reliably informed that given projected and predicted life expectancies, we're actually too late for a quarter life and actually even too late for a third <laughs> life crisis. So I think that's depressing within itself. Um, so maybe we should call this a midlife crisis episode. I mean, given that I kind of grew up in Glasgow... <laughs> that might actually not be too far off. So you're but saying that technically we're past a third of our lives. Is that what you're saying? yes. How I can mean, that be true? We're in our 20s. Late 20s. 20s. <laughs> Let's cling on to that. I don't know. I've just been told. I don't know. It's, it's, it's the statistics. It's the data. Don't blame me. So I'm just, when, it's just a science. When would a quarter life crisis occur? I was told 19 years old. That's ridiculous. Kevin, we're not going to live till we're 100. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. Well, you never know. You never know. Modern medicine, etc. I'm taking a lot of, you know, supplements. <laughs> That's true. Some zinc. It'd be yeah. fine. Um, I thought we try, could try a new feature, um, which I'm calling Ask a Completely Unplanned Question. <laughs> it's kind of a good title. Um, Filler. It's not filler, it's all quality on this show. Um, basically, I want to talk about the source of this game. So, obviously, Lily, our third slash... Yeah, third loose women. Our errant loose women. <laughs> Our errant third very loose women. Um, yeah, when I first met her at university and in Freshers Week, I remember her telling me that she was half French. And I instantly said to her, oh, you're half French. Can you speak French? Which I then felt embarrassed and realised that's quite a boring, quite an obvious question. Mm. And I said to her, do you know what? That's an obvious question. I regret saying that. I feel foolish. From now on, I will only ask you a question that no one's ever asked you before. So then for the next couple of months, we proceeded to play this game of like asking each other questions we've never been asked before. Or attempting. I mean, you can't always know. So I thought maybe we should um, have a go at that game. So it's unplanned because I don't know what Catherine's going to ask me. Mine's actually, now that I'm looking at it, it's quite boring, but I'm just going to go for it, okay? I mean, when this happened, you had no idea that you were going to spend the next however many years of your life dealing with exceptionally boring questions at work. Like, you know, now I think the boring questions, we're probably even more used to them. Well, yeah, I'm well-versed in them. So I've got a boring, or a question that maybe no one's ever asked you, I guess, which is the point. Have you ever sent a text to one person, but pretended that it was a group text? <laughs> That's so specific. I really <laughs> like that. <laughs> Our engineer for the night, Chris, is really tickled by this as well. I think that means he has. <laughs> yeah, you've done it, no, haven't you? that means, like, who does that? People do that. I know. I have it on good authority that people do that. Have you so Have you ever done that? You know, kind of been like, hi, guys, but really you've just sent it to one person. <laughs> no, oh, I haven't. I haven't. I okay, haven't. It's disappointing. I, yeah, it's I don't disappointing. I But I haven't sent a group text for quite a long time. Um... 
So, but yeah, I I haven't done that. I have um, accidentally sent text to people um, who I'm texting someone else about, and because I've been thinking that I said it's the wrong person, that's my usual kind of text faux pas. It's a classic text, yeah. Around. Like you know, I really love so and so, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Me and so and so forever, and then you said it's the wrong person. Um, I don't think my question's kind of that interesting. Now. Really, it's more boring. Than, okay, I can't wait. Go on. Um, I wanted to ask. Um, What's your first memory of making someone laugh? I know, I have an answer to that. Okay, so when I was little, this is so, it's a good question. That's a great question. I remember when I was very little, um, I think I was like two or three or something, and I was sitting there, sitting down, and there was maybe like a little fly or something flying near me. And I, I mean, this is more about me making myself laugh, but I think that people around me found this amusing also. And I remember I was saying to the fly, like, shoo, like, shoo, fly, but I was also waving my little foot. And then I kind of realized, like, put it together. And I was like, shoo, shoo, like, uh, pointing at my little shoe. And I think that the combination of, like, shoe and shoe, which is like, kind of like a pun. Yeah, I was very young age. Early wordplay. Yep, shoe. And my mom still does an impression of me going, shoo, ha, 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 ha for like hours so Aww. there you go I think that well I definitely made myself laugh in that moment if not anyone else and they all remember it so it must have been hilarious exactly my first funny <laughs> joke <laughs> great <laughs> should we get on to um, the quarter well no the mid it's not a midlife crisis that happens when you're much two older two thirds two thirds of a life crisis okay two third two third crisis how depressing it's I'm sorry know, everyone that's listening. We're already in decline. Um so what are we looking at first? Um I think so we've kind of chosen different sections of our lives to look at. So we've kind of got work slash career, although that might be pushing it with me. Um <laughs> home slash accommodation, um, love and sex. And then what is our other one? Lifestyle. These are kind of our categories. I think we should start with work slash career, why not? And so we're kind of looking at like what we thought we'd be doing when we were kids what we kind of expect when we're at uni and what the reality the cold hard reality is mm. and then a market of 10 so Catherine what did you think you'd be doing when you were a child like what job there were two jobs that I thought I would have at different times journalist so like I kind of thought I'd be like Lois Lane um with a really shiny bob as well and um teacher and I always thought I'd be a teacher and then I realized that both of those weren't for me and that sort of started this um, strange faffing around that um, happened. The faff zone. Yeah. The, like We're the, all there. You know, like you have a weird year, at least one weird year where you just have no idea what you're doing. And that yeah, so kept every happening. Year. <laughs> yeah, it just kept happening. Um, but I, you know, I wanted to get some more experience. So I ended up working um, for different charities to get some kind of experience. And I realised I just really liked doing that. Um, and I think looking back on it now, my life's so different career-wise to what I thought I would have. Like, I had no idea the impact of the recession graduating at a time when there were hardly any graduate jobs and having your whole, um, what you would expect you to have skills in or companies that might be interested in you, to have that completely reassessed and have people that I knew who'd just got jobs to then suddenly lose them and really have to fight and work very hard and work for free for a long time as well. Um, on and off and just find it very difficult to get you know um, interesting jobs and so I think that's been the biggest kind of um, thing really just as soon as I realized I didn't want to do those two jobs I'd always thought I did it's just been very difficult working out what's been the right thing 
So what is your current, like, what are you doing now and how do you feel about it? What's your market out of 10? And can you describe a bit about what you're doing now? So at the moment I work for um, a charity and I'm a writer and researcher and it's a charity that works um, in Africa, East Africa mostly. Um, it's a very intellectually challenging job. I really like the people I work with and it's what I, since I decided, once I started working with charities, it's the kind of thing that I wanted to do. And it's taken me about five years to find the right thing. Um, and now I finally got here. It feels really good. Um, but also to be doing the radio show as well. So with... That's um, really our full-time career. Yeah. And, you know, we people who've listened for a long time will know that we did this show when we were um, a lot younger. We were about, what, 19, 20. And we had some kind of seven-year gap. And I think the biggest um, decision that I've made in my adult life career-wise, and that's made, you know, the biggest impact has been deciding to start this up and having the opportunity to do it on resonance it's completely changed my life in that way and it's given me just you know something completely different to work towards and I just can't believe that we had that time off air I'm sure no one can believe it we had fans <laughs> fans writing us letters think, yeah. once a year at least yeah. when you're coming back on air guys well so that's where I am now so it's it's in a good place but um obviously you know it's it's taken me quite a while to get there what about you, Emma? Well, I think that I always thought that I'd be, well, I had a lot of thoughts. A teacher or maybe a paediatrician. So something with children, actually. Um, and then I think maybe as a uni, I probably thought like maybe be some sort of like high-flying forensic psychologist or like some sort, I don't know, some sort of intellectual powerhouse job. Maybe. Um, I didn't think that I'd end up working part-time in a primary school, <laughs> which is what I'm doing now, with a job that requires no qualifications. But I really like it, so I don't know. I think it's not where I thought I would be at all. I would give it a 7 out of 10 because it's really fun and working with kids is fun mm. and they're, like, hilarious. Um, and it's also, I don't know, it's nice to see the progress of, like, one child. Yeah, absolutely. But um, probably, I, yeah, I can't stay in this job forever. So I would say I'm happy, but it's definitely not what I thought I'd be doing. Also, like, working part-time, great, because I can do other things at the same time, like the show. And also I volunteer for a sexual health charity, and that's really fun. So... Yeah. yeah, I've given myself a six out of 10, which um, sounds a bit less positive, but that's just really because of timings. Like I wish that the job and doing the show, I wish that I'd done this seven years ago. Like I feel like all of that time I moved around, it was useful, but it's taken a lot longer. But we've got now we've had so much life experience we can talk about in the show. Exactly. And I'll be coming on to that later as well. Great. <laughs> transition. Um, okay. Should we get on to love and sex? Why I not? think so. The most exciting category. Yeah. Um, should I start? Yeah. Okay, okay I, I think that Emma. probably when I was um, at school, I reckon I probably would have thought that I'd be married by now. <laughs> Did you also have a similar yeah. thought? Um, yeah. And then I think, like, I guess when I was kind of like a virginal teen... Um, I probably like I think I probably vary between thinking that I'd have like a million boyfriends all at once all the time or that I might die alone so I'm not really sure I think like currently I'm glad that I've managed to sort of hold down a few intimate relationships as my dad would say um, with varying degrees of success um, yeah I guess now obviously single I was gonna say single and ready to mingle, which is like disgusting, and I <laughs> kind of have said it now. Um, now looking at it, I think that I'm surprised. Also, my family was surprised that I haven't had more same-sex experiences. <laughs> Apparently, the whole family thought I was gay, um, and I'm also kind of starting to question like the value of monogamy, mm. which I'm surprised at in myself. Um, I'm thinking about becoming a relationship anarchist. What's that? 
Um, it's very complex. I think we we'll have to do a whole show on it, really. Okay. okay. But basically, like maybe monogamy isn't the thing for me. Yeah. I don't know. So I guess I'm gonna give it, like, right at this precise moment, a four. Okay. But I think theoretically seven. So it sounds like there's been a lot of changes recently, especially. Like you've been thinking yeah. about these things a lot. Yeah, I have. Um, what about you, Catherine? Where are you on the love and sex scale? So when I was a child, I had it planned out and I thought 27 would be um, the age I get married. I'd have my first baby a year later. There'd be four children, two boys and two girls. Did you have names for them? Uh, yeah, like I've always had names. I'm not going to tell you, but I've always had names. Um, and... I just had this idea that I would live in a cottage in the countryside, not that far away from my own parents. My husband would probably earn more than me, but he'd still be really nice. And I would work part time, probably as a teacher. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I would have this very nice life. When I was a kid, I used to have a doll. My friend had a doll that could like wee and all that kind of thing. And, you know, it was just totally normal to have a, like a small girl child and be like, oh, go and play with your doll. We had like a kind of plastic pretend kitchen thing that we used to play with and that was just you know all my games in were preparation about, for your yeah, life as a mother all my games were just about you know like doing that and obviously that's just completely not happened so I really thought that I would um as I approached 30 I would be a bit more settled um but I definitely think um that I've learned a lot in the last few years like relationship wise and love love and sex wise and I am probably on both counts like in a much better place now in terms of knowing exactly what I want and need and what works for me. Are you talking sexually? Um, Sexually but also kind of in a relationship as well like I think the more experience you have um, you become more able to deal with the kind of challenges that life throws at you Um, and you also maybe have a bit more confidence and you know what's what you can take from people and what you can't and you're able to stand up for yourself a bit more so I feel like I'm a bit more confident now um, and the people that I see or have been in relationships with are the right kind of people. Like, you know, there's been less bad, no more bad boys. Yeah, there's, <laughs> been, there's, not, there's not been as many. Uh, there's not been as many bad boys. Um, but you know, um, fundamentally, like my tastes haven't really changed. Like I've always been looking for a certain type of person, and I do have that really kind of um, cheesy. I can't get it out of my head that there is some kind of soulmate out there for me, which I know is really stupid, but. I think that's still with me. At the moment, I'm, um, you know, coming out of a relationship. So I'm a bit sad about that. Um, But I think that I've developed the skills to be able to deal with that from all the experience that I've had over the last few years. So I'm going to say because of that, that it's a kind of four out of ten. We've both gone for a four. Yeah, we have. That's all right, though. That's a good place to work from. Um, okay, I thought about lifestyle-wise, and I don't know what I really meant when I said lifestyle, but in, but now I've decided that, I mean, I think, like, for example, going out, I think that once I started going out, you know, like, drinking, going to clubs, etc., I think that I probably thought I'd be doing it, like, forever, that mm. I would, like, never stop doing it, and already, at the ripe old age of 27, I just, like, sometimes I just want to be at home having, like, tea or a hot chocolate, maybe Mm. watching like Netflix and that's kind of depressing but I don't know I'm kind of like trying to strike a balance between like being really lazy which is kind of bad but also like only saying yes to stuff I actually want to do that's what I'm figuring out at the moment that's that's where I am so 
I don't know, like not just doing stuff because I've been asked to do it and being like, oh, I have to say yes to everything and like feeling an obligation to do stuff that's like sociable because like it's, you know, you need to be a social person. That's being secure in your friendships as well. Like knowing that you've got really good friends and if you just disappeared for a few weeks, it wouldn't stop you from being invited to stuff. When you're younger, you know, you have to put yourself out there more because maybe you haven't found that cool group of people. But it's also a FOMO, fear of missing out, obviously. Yeah, yeah, when, true. Like, everyone might be having the best night of their lives and I'm just like at home in my onesie. <laughs> I don't know, like, everyone else wants to be at home in a onesie. In my onesie, probably. <laughs> um, yeah, and also I guess I was kind of thinking more like for like holidays and stuff, like I don't have enough money to do anything really extravagant. But I was thinking like, I've kind of come to terms with the fact that I hate festivals. Mm. And when I was younger, I used to go to like Leeds like every year. And like, you know, Leeds Festival... Whatever, but basically, I've decided that I hate festivals. I realize that now, and I prefer a mini break in a cottage. That's what I've realized. Yeah, it's good to know that about yourself. I'm giving myself a seven out of ten. I've had to deal with learning that I hate festivals as well because I keep going on them. You just think like I'm going to enjoy it, and actually, it's just horrible. Oh no, it's awful. I think if you if you have any kind of like fanny problems, like if you have <laughs> cystitis all the time, I mean, like, I don't, but I know that you do. Like it's. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> poo claws way. Um, if you have cystitis and maybe whinge about it a lot. Many people do. Or bad periods or whatever. It's just like the worst place to be. Even quite a nice festival is still annoying. Or if you like are a light sleeper or have a bad back, like any of these things. Um, or if you just don't know what you want to do and you're like, should I go and see this? Should I go see that? It's all at the same time. It's always everything's at the same time. You're like alone it's time, stressful. but you don't want to be alone in a tent. Anyone could just come in. <laughs> like, you know, it freaks me out. But yeah, that's that kind of thing. Um, I've also had to just learn. I think that's maturity, realising that you hate festivals. Yeah. We've, we've realised it. We never have to go again. You like being really, you know, clean, um, showering every day, that kind of stuff. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> um, yeah, lifestyle. I've actually given myself an eight out of 10 and I think because I have um you know had fair over the last few years I've had fairly stable work environment and income I have been able to just kind of enjoy doing things that I couldn't do for quite a while like I had a a long time where I didn't really go on any exciting holidays and then I just went mad when I had the money to and that's been really good and yeah I went on holiday loads last year I was on holiday like you know like every six weeks I was getting somewhere different and it was great um but it was just nice to be able to kind of have that blowout and I think that um what I do kind of struggle with is when um maybe my work situation isn't as secure having to go back to not really doing anything so like right now I'm trying to save money I'm on the lime and sodas but you know I just always like eating out I like meeting up for drinks and lifestyle wise because I know so many people in London I've got so many people um who work and live here I want to see them and do stuff and you know sitting down with someone and having dinner it can be very expensive and when everyone else wants to spend money it's hard not to get sucked into that so you've got to really be conscious of saying right I'm not gonna go on a blowout um so I'm spending a lot more time just hanging out at people's houses that kind of thing which is that's nice. nice though trying to do like wholesome sporty activities but yeah like going out you know Crossroads. I love going out um but I always imagined that when I got to this age I'd be doing more kind of like grown-up things and that's just not happened 
you know. What kind of grown-up activities did you see yourself doing? I thought I'd spend a lot of time having like lessons and things and I always thought that I would just kind of maybe I just see myself going on a kind of upward trajectory in terms of class but I thought I'd be like skiing by now and that's not <laughs> happened. <laughs> It's very dangerous skiing, so you're just as well not to be doing it. Um, okay, and I, housing was another one we thought we'd yeah, talk about. So very where important. Do think, what I, do you think you'd be doing? I think with housing, it's in, it kind of plays quite a big role in your state of mind. Um, I always wanted to live in London when I was a kid. We came to London for the first time. I absolutely loved it. I had the best time. And I was about seven years old, and that's when I decided I'm going to move to London when I'm a grown-up. And I thought that I would spend my 20s and 30s in a flat in London, maybe with a friend. And we would hang out and do grown up things like have cocktails. Like, I always hated London. Why? I just hated it. And I hated London when we were at uni and like everyone was always going there. And then I hated that every, all my friends moved to London. And I've just kind of ended up in London because everyone else is here. I'm surprised at myself for living in London. Because I think that I always thought like that I wouldn't, wouldn't stay somewhere so cold as a UK forever. Like I've just... I can't believe that I'm living here, really. Um, I had my one year off in Amsterdam, which actually sometimes is colder in the UK, which is stupid. But like, I had my little year of fun. And now I'm back here, and it's cold. It is cold. But then I think, where would I move? I want to move to Iceland. That's also probably cold. The clues of a name. I've never lived abroad. I don't know how that's happened. I, always, I thought I would. I thought I'd, you know, maybe get a job working somewhere else. And I don't quite know what's happened, but I have really settled in my corner of South London. I love it. Like... Um, but I did I did think, obviously, that I was going to be, you know, married by now, maybe with a child. And when I was a kid and I thought that, I had this image that I'd be living in that cottage in the countryside. And I do still want to have a cottage in the countryside, or at least a cabin or something, um, somewhere far away. Because I like being in London, but I want to be, you know, I like going to the countryside as well. Um, so now I'm just thinking, okay, maybe I'll get there when I'm like 30 or maybe it'll be 40. But I do think it's going to happen someday. I've got, I've got that desire to escape kind of going on. Um, well, I kind of think I, I never thought about like owning a house. Something like that didn't really occur to me ever in my life. Um, I always kind of thought that I'd like to live with loads and loads of people. And at the moment, I'm living with seven other people. So that's nice. Um, I didn't think that I'd ever have briefly lived in a squat and I've done that. It's nice. Um, I didn't think that I'd ever have built a bed or a wall <laughs> or a desk. I, 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 never, I never thought you'd build anything. Well, <laughs> I've shown you. Um, but yeah, so that's all very exciting. So I think that I'm kind of enjoying my housing situation at the moment, but it's definitely not what I would have predicted for myself. I'm giving myself a 10 out of 10 because I live with loads of really nice people. I like having people around me all the time. There may have been some slight like noise concerns, but hopefully those will be alleviated by the fact that I built a wall now. I've given myself nine out of ten. I, I never, you know, I wanted to have my own flat, but I never thought I actually would be able to. So that's been incredible. Um, and it's nice to feel settled and know that I don't have to move. When I was renting, I didn't like having to move every year. I found that quite destabilising. And now I feel really part of a community, like all the... Um, the shops on my road and stuff, they all know my name and I go in and have a chat with them, know their names. Feels like I'm kind of part of something. But I really if like you don't that. have enough money, do they let you off with it? Because that's a, sh- a sign they really trust you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there yeah. you go. I'll, get, really I'll get a strawberry Ribena and pay the next day. That's, that's serious. Happened. That's happened. That's really I'm, nice. I'm accepted in that's Handel. That's really nice. <laughs> um, so what score would you, Yeah, nine out of ten. Nine that's out of ten. Great. So we've thought about, so what was our overall? And then also like, 
I mean, it sounds like neither of us are actually in crisis. I feel like we've missed all this episode. <laughs> what are we in crisis about? Maybe love life. So what can we do? Love how can and we maybe fix? career. So how can we fix these things in one, two minutes, let's say? How can we fix these issues? I think for me, it's not something that you can fix. It's the, it's the acknowledgement that, you know, a crisis doesn't always happen as some kind of event out of the blue where you go everything's wrong part of life is just learning to deal with things are never going to be right at exactly the same time I don't think anyone's life falls into place and becomes perfect it's learning how to deal with the fact that sometimes work's good sometimes it's bad sometimes your love and sex life's good sometimes it's bad I think it's just a it's a constant event and we shouldn't see it as being you know linked to the fact that we're hitting 30 soon I'm think I'm constantly in an existential crisis a continuous crisis so maybe it, yeah it's not one event it's just that like I don't think I'm ever going to not be in crisis mm. maybe that's okay though I think maybe I need to be in crisis a bit and maybe we need to change what we consider to be kind of um, success for people of our age group who did um, start the world of work during the recession as well we're all a bit behind because of the impact on that like I do think it made a difference of a few years as well so we should kind of not beat ourselves up about it um, but yeah maybe just I don't know carry on the support for each other I <laughs> that's a nice <laughs> idea I think that career wise I'm going to do a spreadsheet I'm going to make a spreadsheet of all my career options I think spreadsheets are the way forward you feel better you feel like you've done something when actually all you've done is put information in boxes sorry to devalue anyone whose job <laughs> it mainly is to make spreadsheets but that's what it is when I do it so I think we're um running out of time check out our podcast on Acast or Acast we still don't know how to pronounce it and iTunes yeah just search for Very Loose Women on your app and find us on Twitter at VLW Radio hope you're not in crisis like I clearly am and um, thanks for listening thanks bye